Welcome to the uh, program. There are, is a diesel fuel crisis going on right now. The last thing you should be doing is ignoring it. Without diesel, trains don't run. Without diesel, trucks don't run. Without trucks, grocery stores empty out fast. Are you prepared for anything like this? Do you have enough food to feed your family in a crisis? What about through the whole winter? Because as crazy as it sounds, it could be what we're looking at. I hope to God not. But please prepare for any eventuality. I mean, would anything surprise if space aliens came down today and said, actually, you're living in the Matrix. We're the real humans. Would you be surprised? Get $250 off the popular three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. At $250 off per kit, you can uh, get enough for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help families more. This is the lowest price that they've had in years, so act now. Save $250 at preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. You will not regret being prepared. Preparewithglenn.com. Go there now. All right, you sick, twisted freak. The program begins in just a minute. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. There's several things we have to talk about. One, the elections in Arizona, the elections overall. All it looks good, maybe better than yesterday for the House. We have to talk to you about the Senate and the big vote that happens tomorrow. Hey, everybody, let's keep uh, turtle face. Now, I think Mitch McConnell has had his day in the sun. Time to move on. We'll talk about that and Fanny and Freddie have decided now, have decided to look into other things other than just you're qualified to actually pay for that mortgage. Is there anything else? Like, how are you doing on social justice? Any of this sound familiar? They are putting it in now, and it says that it will bring 10 million new homeowners into the world. Oh, great. So 10 million new people can afford a house that they can't afford. We are not building any new homes. We already had a shortage. This is going to work out well, everybody. And Jay Leno is in the hospital. We have a lot to cover. We begin in 60 seconds. Sandra wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I'm so thankful for Relief Factor. It's been an answer to my prayers. I'm uh, I'm in pain and uh, I'm stiff until I started taking Relief Factor. 
My doctor said this would never happen. Now I'm pain-free and stiffness-free. Thankfully, God gave me wisdom to listen to you and uh, try Relief Factor out for myself. I've been feeling great ever since, and I plan on using Relief Factor every day. Thank you again so much. Sandra, thank you for writing in. Thanks for praying on it, and thanks for just giving it a try. Sounds like you got your life back. I know I got my life back. Now, you, what are you doing? Get your life back. Get out of pain. It's not a drug, but developed by doctors. has four key ingredients that fight inflammation. Yesterday, I had my hands wrapped. I was in so much pain. I am so much better today because I started taking my relief factor again. Three-week quick start, 1995, a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% of them go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com, 800-4-RELIEF, 800, the number 4-RELIEF. Get the 1995 three-week quick start. Try it now. Feel the difference with ReliefFactor.com. Okay, all right. Where should we start here, Stu? Um, Looks like uh, Carrie Lake lost. They did call that race yesterday, at least the media did. Uh, I'm sure, you know, the, I know Carrie Lake was uh, wanting to look into her legal options. Yeah. Uh, so that will be coming, I think, in the next couple of weeks. And right. that is her right as a candidate to be able to do those things. Right. Uh, there was, I, I will say, in the sa- at the same moment where they called the Carrie Lake race, uh, something that got less attention, what is very good news, were two congressional races in Arizona Arizona one, Arizona six, both got called for Republicans. Those are two of the races on my list of must wins. Were those we A's yesterday. or B's? Uh, it was a B and a C. So very oh, good. good. I mean, now remember, good. yeah, if you remember good. what we went through this yesterday, to get to two eighteen, you needed all of my A races, all of the B races, and one of the C races. How are we looking on the A's and B's? Good. Uh, two of the A's got called in California and New York yesterday. Wow. Um, to, Bobert is still out. She was an A, if I remember she, right. Yeah, Lauren Bobert is. I have her as an A. And again, basically the count, the vote count is done there. The question is, will p- people cure their ballots and change enough to get over a thousand vote difference? I mean, that's highly unlikely, uh, but you never <laughs> Stranger know. Stranger things <laughs> have happened. Things have happened. Look so, what I found. <laughs> so that right now you'd have two, uh, 13, 214, 215, 216, 217. You're, you're right on the verge. You need one one of these closer type races, including Bobert, would do it at this point. I mean, it, it, we're now, after a good day overall in the House, you have a situation where this is much more likely than it was yesterday. And yesterday they were still the the overwhelming favorites now i think we're getting much much higher in the percentages but uh these are good things that happen and and it's you know look there's also there's you got to make sure you look at every single possibility of someone screwing with an election we all know that um but you know look i think this we're going to get into this later there are many things that are happening we're playing two different games now the the uh democrats you know they're the ones who set this all set this all up and they're playing it very very well and we've refused to play the game. Well, we're getting left behind. You either have to change it back to what it was, or you better learn to play the game uh, because we are we are losing. Uh, and there's lots of things that we need to change. One of the things we need to change today, if you did not call the Senate, if you didn't call your senator yesterday and say, dump Mitch McConnell 
today is the day. I'm, I'm telling I can't I cannot tell you in clearer terms this can happen, but it really all relies on you. You need to call the Senate and ask your senator, who are you voting for? Are you voting for Mitch McConnell? Tell them today, dump Mitch McConnell. Then I want you to call them tomorrow and say, who are you voting for? Because today is the day that they're having a meeting where others are going to be announcing that, yeah, I'd like to run and make their case. And then tomorrow, Mitch McConnell wants to have the vote. And he's expecting to win. And uh, let me just say, uh, we're going to tell you later on in the uh, program, but Schumer has said he is um, he's meeting with Mitch McConnell in the wake of the midterm election results to, quote, convince Republican senators to ditch the so-called MAGA Republicans. He said, I'm going to say to the Republicans in the Senate who are not the MAGA Republicans, stop letting them lead your party. Work with us to get things done. I sit down with Mitch McConnell and I will express that. (laughs) So you have you have two groups now in the Senate. You have the Romneys and the Mitch McConnells. And then you have the freedom people. They are saying that, you know, they're labeling people as MAGA people. No, I just think we're looking for people who are willing to stand up and defend the rights of the people and actually protect and defend the Constitution. That's what needs to be done. That's not radical. Now, I know it is to the progressives and I know it is to Mitch McConnell. Yeah, yeah, we all love the Constitution, but there are things we have to do. No, Protect and defend the Constitution. That is our rule of law. And if you don't have that, you have nothing. You're making it up as you go along. Today is the day. You must call the Senate. Here's the Capitol switchboard. It's 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. Call them now. The ones that really need to be called... Uh, Deb Fisher, uh, Roger Wicker in Mississippi. Uh, By the way, Deb is from uh, Nebraska. Rick Scott of Florida. He's probably pretty good. Ted Cruz is good. Mike Braun in uh, Indiana. Josh Hawley in Missouri. John Barrasso in Wyoming. Marsha Blackburn needs to be called. Call them. Get off McConnell's train. The debate on which way the Republicans are going. And if they go the if they go the McConnell route, we're done. They're done as a party. Count on it. Okay, Uh, so we were talking about the uh, different races and the House looks like it is going to come to us. We should know by when, Stu. It's just a matter. I mean, what's interesting about this is Republicans are going to are going to potentially if this goes correctly and i i do not count chickens before they hatch but they're going to pull this out of the fire with the help of arizona california and new york which is really <laughs> i mean that's amazing that's uh, that's the that's red amazing. weight we were all looking for right you know i know that everybody always says on the democratic side you've got to look at the popular vote the popular vote the republicans won everything 
Well, the, you know, when you look generally speaking, yeah, the House, the House national vote. Now that that always will narrow at the end because of how sure. bad California is at at counting votes, and of course, most of the mm, California vote will go to uh, the Democrats. So that right. will narrow a little bit. But Republicans did actually pretty well when it comes to the the national vote. What happened was they won big, big, big in red states and red districts, bigger than normal. They did not perform particularly well in purple districts. Um, the other part about this, which is a small part of it, is there were a, sort of a historically high number of races where the Democrats didn't run anybody, where it was basically Republican unopposed and they won near 100 percent of the vote, maybe against a third party mm-hmm. person. So that kind of runs up the score a little bit on the national uh, vote mm-hmm. count. But a lot of this was, you know, per, they ran candidates that did very well in red districts. Uh, they did. They ran some candidates in blue districts that closed the gap from maybe normally losing by 20, like in New York, we saw with Hochul, for example, that's not you know, a congressional district, but you have normally you're going to lose that race by 20 and they only lost by five. Right. That's a really good result right. for Republicans, but not enough to get over the finish line. And then in purple districts, some of the candidates there wound up you know, losing winnable races. Give me your analysis, because Donald Trump is being blamed for people like Oz. Um, but give me your analysis. How is Oz a, a MAGA Republican far as he seems like he's just kind of milk toasty? No Republican was really for him. Well, this is and sort of the complaint of Pennsylvania voters when he made the endorsement. They were like, wait a minute, he's right, not a but, MAGA candidate. Right. But yeah. he should be the kind that you would expect would be able to cross the, the Rubicon here in a purple state. in a purple state. Well, first of all, I think you could. There's some truth to that, I think, you know, where I mean, he outperformed the real MAGA candidate who ran for governor Mastriano by, you know, 10 points in Pennsylvania uh, or eight, whatever, eight or nine points. I mean, he really, you know, Oz didn't perform terribly. I mean, if you look at he's going to he's going to get closer than Masters was, I mean, that, which is pretty, uh, you know, I mean, it, depending on what the final code, they're going to be right around the same. Uh, so uh, he didn't perform terribly, uh, but was and look there. We covered this a million times. I don't think Dr. Oz ran a terrible campaign, actually. He, he had, you know, he was a, he's a pretty good communicator. He had a pretty good debate, I thought. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> you know, but what does that I matter? Mean, Apparently nothing. We now nothing. know debates do not matter. We should not right. watch them anymore. Well, uh, look, at, look at what happened to Carrie Lake. Yeah. yeah. No debate. No debate. And, no and, and debate. Still right. But um, the situation where uh, probably Oz was a better fit than Mastriano was for a purple state like that. However, I don't think, you know, no one thought he was the ideal candidate for that race. In fact, he wasn't even the best candidate in the race. Right. Uh, so we will never know the counterfactual of what would have happened if, you know, McCormick was the candidate or, or it, really there was three there in that race. Any of them it would have been interesting to see the other two. Uh, but I, you know, that's just one example. Um, I think, look, it was still a, a Donald Trump in Dorsey. And I think, you know, he obviously is he picked him for a reason. Right. You know, and, and it's an interesting the Trump profile is, is an interesting one. Right. Dr. Oz hits multiple points of the Trump profile. He does. He does. He was in everybody's home for mm-hmm. multiple decades. He was a, a trustworthy source on, on an important issue of Donald Trump with business, uh, Dr. Oz with health. Again, you might not mm-hmm. like what Dr. Health's, uh, Dr. Oz's health advice, but, you know, he was he was a figure that people knew trusted. going into this and trusted. Now, he had almost no political profile. I mean, I literally had no idea he was a Republican or if he just started being a Republican before right. the race started. And no one knew anything about it. But I have it. to tell you that that's usually good. It can be good. Yeah, it can be good. Uh, you know, Herschel Walker has a, a similar type of that part of the Trump profile. Other uh, candidates, ha- you know, Kerry Lake had a part of that profile. 
uh, Mastriano had the you know the obviously he had a big focus on the 2020 election and, and was was talking about that a lot. Um, you know there are other parts of the Trump profile, but like it might be one of these things where we have to sit back and say Trump's pretty unique. Maybe replicating the Trump formula is just not easy to do. We've seen candidates <laughs> try to do it over and over right. again, and it's really, really hard. Look, I, and all I want, all I want is somebody who will, who has the spine. This is what I like about Donald Trump. He's not going to sit down. Yeah. He will not sit down. Go ahead. Bring it on. Bring it on. He knows who he is mm-hmm. and what he believes, and he's not going to sit down. That's what I want yeah. in a candidate. Mm-hmm. But I don't want, I, I, I don't need all of the other baggage that comes with it. But I want somebody that will stand up, and he has proven himself as being somebody who will stand. That's what I think Americans want. It's just somebody who is like them, is not a politician, that will just stand up and say, look, we know, common sense tells us this is bad in our schools. We know that. So let's fix it. Let's stop it right now. That's what we want, I think. Mm. I think, yeah, I think you're right. And there's parts to take. I think that's look. This is why a lot of people like DeSantis, right? They he, you're because you get that type of approach from. Uh, but you you know some of the other things that Trump does uniquely well. I mean, look, yeah. you know, Doug Mastriano is not capable of taking the entire media cycle by the no. collar and pulling it wherever he wants. No, you know, only Donald Trump can do that. Right. But well, no. And well, Gary Lake was very Gary Lake was good at that. Very good at that. Hang on, let me mm-hmm. take a quick break. And uh, come back in 60 seconds to our conversation. It's up to you and me to make a difference, to help make our country free again. It starts with us and our children. Look what's going on in our country today. There is a bigger need than ever before for young people to rise up and say no to big government. Say yes to personal freedom and liberty. We've lost a generation here, gang. We are going to pay for that for the rest of all of our lives. We cannot lose this next generation. So where are they going to learn about things? TikTok? Yeah, I don't count on that or school, quite honestly. The answer is you are the one that will teach them about freedom. You are the last line of defense between them and tyranny. And you got to educate them. It's easy. It's really easy. The, the siren song of socialism is strong. But you can take it apart easily with the truth. This is why Tuttle Twins books are so important. I want you to go now to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. They're offering free activity workbooks and 35% off their kids' books. So go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the discount plus the bonuses. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids sane in a crazy socialist world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, Glenn, we, we lost a great one this, this week. We did. Gallagher. We lost Gallagher. Oh, no. Gallagher, Sad. the famous comedian for, I mean, he was always yeah. famous for uh, smashing melons, but he was uh, underrated as a guy who just had kind of funny observational humor. Some of those specials were yeah, great. I liked him. I liked him. I liked Gallagher. Yeah. So Gallagher, at one point in his career, uh, he's ultra successful. One of the biggest comedians, you know, traveling comedians, big specials on HBO all the time, all that stuff. And he, uh, his brother comes across sort of tough times, loses his job, has no job. Kind of looks like the actual Gallagher, though. And they hatch a plan, and Gallagher says, you know what? 
you're my brother. And he says, you know what? I'm going to let you take my act and go out on the road. Smash some watermelons. Smash some watermelons and go out there and kind of do the same shtick. Mm -hmm. So so he started doing this and he eventually started branding himself as Gallagher 2. And he would tour the country as Gallagher 2. This actually wound up being kind of a, a, a family argument after a while. And they wound up getting into legal, uh, big thing. Oh, because geez. Gallagher was like, wait a minute, I, I'll let you do the act. You can't call yourself Gallagher 2. Right. <laughs> it was a problem. It was, but you know, Gallagher 2 was not Gallagher, right? He was his brother and he kind of looked like Gallagher. And it's like, the Republican Party can't run a slate of Gallagher 2s all over the country. <laughs> Right. Like that is not a winning strategy. And I think like we have to realize that you can replicate boring, nonsensical, generic Republicans. And that's something that is a strategy you can replicate, whether it's a good one or not, is another question to try to replicate Donald Trump in race after race is just not something that's possible. I think that's that's right. a big part of this answer here. You can't just throw another guy up with a sledgehammer and but a see, bunch of watermelons and think it's going to work. This is what our problem is. Our problem is we are being offered a false choice. The third yeah. way. Yeah. The third way is the right way. I think where everybody is. I don't want Mitch McConnell anymore. Those Republicans are playing the game yeah. like it's 1971. Okay, it doesn't work doesn't anymore. Work. You are completely out of touch with what is happening, and they have more in common with the progressive Democrat than they do with any of the Republican voters. So they got to go. Donald Trump being president, let the people decide. Yes, no. I mean, we've got two great candidates. It's like having Barry Goldwater and Ronald Reagan. That's great. That's great. So let them yeah, work that out. Donald Trump can be Donald Trump. Donald right? Trump. Like we've he seen is he, Donald he's Trump. the guy who can do it. Yeah, right. Right. The question is, can anybody else do it? Right. In well, the presidential race, he'll have an opportunity to, to, to attempt to do it again. And if he's the president, he needs Republicans that will stand up and yeah. defend the Constitution. He needs people who will say, you know what? He's right. The Department of Education has got to go. That's a conservative. That's not a mega a MAGA Republican. That's a constitutional Republican. That's where we need to go. You have got to call uh, the uh, the Capitol today and call these senators. Call every Republican senator and say, "Dump Mitch McConnell." They need to hear your voice all day long, all day long. Tell everybody you know. Today and tomorrow are the days that will make this decision. Do we stay on this path with Mitch McConnell? Or do we move to a new era? Call the Capitol today. The Glenn Beck Program. Going over old photos and video memories with your family is almost as good of a time as making the memories in the first place. And if you don't do it, you're missing out. If you're like me... You have tons of memories in different formats that are just gathering dust and deteriorating over time. This is why Legacy Box is so important and why I'm happy to partner with them. Legacy Box takes your most important memories and preserves them digitally so they're good forever. They're going to professionally digitize everything by hand. They're going to you send them the originals. It's all here in America. They hand Make sure they hand do everything. It's all digitized by hand. Then they send it back to you. 
they are so reliable. I am having them preserve some of the things uh, that we have. Uh, I'll tell you some other time. We have some amazing things at the Mercury Vault, and it needs to be copied. I trust Legacy Box to <laughs> copy some of those things. LegacyBox.com. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Get the biggest sale of the year on the Legacy Box right now. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Big special coming up from Glenn here. You can't miss it. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Save 30 bucks off your subscription with the promo code STANDUP. On Truth Social today, uh, Trump has said, uh, hopefully this is a day that will be remembered as a great day in America. Uh, this is the day he is supposedly going to announce he's running for president of the United States. We need to fix uh, the problems that we have with elections. We need to make sure that every vote is counted. Every non-vote is thrown out, uh, that it is transparent. And the Republicans need to get their ass in gear and understand it's not 1971. Uh, an election attorney, Cleta Mitchell, she's argued in front of the Supreme Court. She has 40 years of experience in law, politics, public policy. She has practiced uh, before the Federal Election Commission, the ethics committees of the U.S. House and Senate, and similar state and local enforcement bodies and agencies. Currently, she runs the Election Integrity Network, a coalition of conservative leaders, organizations, public officials, and citizens dedicated to securing the legality of every American vote. Cleta, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. And how am I? Well... I know. Um, how am I? Yeah. It's just, it's a, you know, this has been a long time coming. This is the frog in the boiling water. Yes. And, uh, and the water's definitely boiling. And the question is whether that frog has the ability to jump out at all left. That's what, that's what we're up against because the left has been about the business of remaking our election system for I would say really got started in in 2000 with a Bush v. Gore effort, mm-hmm. and they've been hard at it ever since. So, and this is the product. This so, is the product of their 22 years. Kalita, they uh, people are saying, you know, I think the election's been stolen. This is the last time. There's questions in Maricopa County, um, but this doesn't seem to be like uh, they're producing, well, maybe in Nevada, that they're just producing documents. This is now the system, isn't it? It's the system. It is the system. And that's why I've been very reluctant to say about to, about 2020, the election was stolen. To me, that involves um, some massive effort to pr- pr- uh, manufacture votes. Right. Right. That's not how they do. That's not how they do it. What they've done is they well just just think back for a moment. It used to be, for those of us old enough to remember, <laughs> that there was election day, and you would go to the polls. You would listen to the candidates. There would be closing arguments the weekend before, always the October surprise. Right. And then people would, uh, in some national, uh, unified manner, go to the polls and cast their votes for the candidate of their choice. That isn't what happens now. We have state after state 
and of Democratic control. And honestly, it's not just Democrats, but there have been Republicans in state legislatures that have voted for some of these things so that now we have Washington state started having uh, all male voting to the point that I think by 2010, 2012, they had no more polling places. Everything is done uh, behind closed doors. There's no observing that process. If you, our election codes all say that there should be uh, Republican and Democratic uh, parties appointed observers to watch each other, keep it honest. Well, now such a tiny percentage of the vote occurs at the polling places where if people make a mistake, they can get help. And then their vote goes into the tabulator. What happens now is, and what's ha- what we've seen in Maricopa and in Nevada, which is just a total cake, that's total third world chaos. But what happens now, and this is a system that built by the left because it benefits them. Now they, they go after collectives of, of people who may or may not exist or may or may not be cognizant that there's even an election going on. And if they can figure out how to get that person somehow connected to a ballot, and then if there's a problem, you know, that's deposited or it's mailed or it's collected, and then people in the election offices fix it, if they forget to sign it or they don't have any identifying information, they just cure it. In Nevada, the Culinary Workers Union, I, I read last week that they, they collected and cured over 6,000 ballots that were completely wrong, didn't have the fine information, and they, get, and they do that for days and days after the election. I mean, this is mystifying to me why the Republican Party has not, and I've been talking about this for decades. I've tried to say, we're running two different ball games here. Right. We're not playing, you know, they're playing hockey and we're playing basketball. Well, that's, it? It's the and, same thing on almost everything, Cleta, in, in Washington. It's, it's like they're playing the game yes. that was played in 1971. Or earlier. Yeah. It's just, and I don't know, it's very frustrating to me, but I will tell you, Glenn, I, I, would, I cut my political teeth as a Democrat. I was raised in Oklahoma when Oklahoma was a very Democratic state. Uh, I was very interested in politics from an early age and would, and would always tell my mother, don't go vote till I get home from school. And, um, and you know, we, we had Election Day and all. But I, I cut my political teeth. I was a legislator in Oklahoma as a Democrat. And so I, I learned that what Democrats, they just think of the process. What's the process? Of poli- what are the procedures and the rules of political engagement? Campaign finance, how the elections are conducted. What are the lobbying rules? What are the disclosure rules? What are the ethics and FOIA? All these process things. Those are all written by Democrats. I, Republicans barely even pay attention. I've fought battles on campaign finance saying, don't you realize what the left is doing? They're trying to bust up the Republicans' way of doing things, which mm-hmm. they did with McCain-Feingold. Mm-hmm. And they've done it with election laws, with all of this mail voting, with all of this post-election uh, activity where they can continue to collect votes and cure them and fix them. Uh, and Republicans and conservatives, it's not just Republicans, conservatives think about tax policy and education policy and all of those kinds of things. 
they don't think about the fact that the left has spent, I calculated with the Capital Research Center, they, I thought it was $2 billion. They said now it's closer to 11 to $14 billion oh my God. over the last decade, over the last decade, changing the election laws around the country creating massive numbers of entities that are involved in ballot design, ballot envelope design, getting uh, people who uh, are in states that allow this, where they send out applications for absentee ballots. And all the, all the, all the moron voter has to do is just sign it and send it in and not even follow those state laws. And then you have election officials that disregard the requirements that the legislatures put into place. I mean, it is lawlessness. It is the Wild West. And we better wake up. So um, the the GOP did this to themselves in Pennsylvania. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, Pennsylvania is my poster child. Um, I almost wrote an article uh, in October 2020 to say, watch what's going to happen in Pennsylvania. It's going to be a nightmare again. Yes, the Republican-controlled legislature, Pennsylvania had one of the best state election codes in the country because it was no excuse absentee. You had to have an excuse to vote absentee. You had to be out of the jurisdiction on election day. They didn't have any early voting. Everybody voted on election day. No absentee balloting. No mail voting, unless unless you were infirmed or uh, out of the jurisdiction. The legislature, geniuses that they were, they you know the the Democrats have been pushing, pushing, pushing to get uh, a no excuse absentee ballots, uh, absentee voting put in place for a long time, and the Republicans decided that they were worried in twenty that in at the top of the ticket in twenty twenty would be Donald Trump. And that that would hurt them because they had straight party voting. You could just go in and vote for the person at the top of the ticket and it automatically populated for everybody on the Republican or the Democratic ticket. So they cut a deal with the Democratic governor that they would allow they would pass Act 77, which is a mess, a nightmare, which allows for um, no excuse absentee voting got rid of straight party voting, but it required a signature so that the your absentee ballot at least had to have a signature as a verification, and that was in the statute. So in September of 2020, the Democrat appointed state, uh, Sec- Secretary of State, the governor appoints, so it's always someone in the governor's party, issued an, a notice to all of the counties that they were to disregard the statutory requirement for a signature on the absentee ballots because of COVID. Now you realize that COVID made it impossible for people to sign their names. You may not have read that as a symptom, but apparently that was, uh, that was, the, that was the pretext. Right. So the Republicans sued and say, well, the statute says this, and they had a Democrat controlled state Supreme court, which said, Oh, because of COVID, you don't have to have that. that, that, that just disregard that statute. So you had this year. Let me tell you what happened this year. I mean, I could talk about this. I'm sorry. I That's all right. That's all right. You know, Cleta, okay. here's here's the thing. I, I want people to go to whoscounting.us. What okay. can the average person do to help you? Well, sign up. Sign up to become involved in the election integrity movement. We are building um, and uh, we are trying to build and we have made some good progress. 
but we have so much more to do. Everybody needs to realize that saving our election is tantamount to saving our country. You can't save our country if we don't save our election. Correct. We're building a lo- local election integrity task forces, and we have training. We have the Citizen's Guide to Building an Election Integrity Infrastructure. It has all the steps. We now have the master class. These are five- to seven-minute videos about how to start a local task force, how to become involved in your county and your or your city, how to uh, protect vulnerable voters, how to clean voter rolls, how to – honestly, there's so much wrong. There's so much wrong. We have seven different categories of things people need to be doing at the local level. That's what has to start. Well, all voting is local. Um, all voting is local. Can we find all of this at whoscounting.us? Everything. And okay. we have a podcast. I'm doing, and I'm doing, I'm now going through and interviewing each of the state leaders front since the election. So we're going to be putting out, I usually do a weekly podcast, but now I'm going to do one every couple of days from different states to tell okay. everybody here's what's happened in our states this year. So we need, we need people to be involved and engaged. We okay. can't give up. We uh, can't get discouraged. No, no, quite the opposite. We really need to fix this. Uh, if we don't fix the voting, you're exactly right. It, it, nothing else matters. So who's counting.us who's counting.us Cleta, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You Appreciate you. Cleta Mitchell. All right. Um, Now more than ever, you absolutely need to have a contingency plan to remain financially healthy. Now, this is important for you. It's important for your family, and it's not the sort of thing you can just ignore. You're paying attention more for basic necessities, right? You're paying attention to see if you can find anything at a lower cost, switching brands. Getting into debt costs a lot more than it used to. If you're a homeowner, it's time to consider things like getting ahead, using your home's equity while it's there. It's not that complicated, but knowing how and where to get started is half the battle. That's where American financing comes in. You can only save so much by switching brands. You can only save so much by cutting back. At some point, you need more money uh, in your household coming in to be able to cover all of these things. And it's only going to get worse before it gets better. So please call American Financing. The people that do, are doing business now with American Financing who call in, they are saving on average $695 every single month. Please call American Financing now, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Coming up in just a second, we have uh, a whistleblower from the uh, FBI. His name is Steve Friend. He objected being part of January 6 raids. He has an amazing story to tell. He is actually part of the special that is happening next Wednesday, or actually tomorrow. Um, he is. Uh, we we filmed it on Saturday. I went and had dinner with Mike Lee afterwards, and he said. That was the most bone-chilling uh, episode I think I've ever seen. He said, I, I, you know, it's one thing to talk about these problems. It's another to see and meet the people they're happening to. Hmm. Um, we, um, 
we talk to people who have lost their children because they wouldn't go along with wokeness. Uh, they have lost all of their money uh, because Amazon is accusing them of a crime, but the the Justice Department is not. But the Justice Department seized every dime from this family. It's an incredible story. Is Amazon law enforcement now? Yeah, it is. Mm. And that's the kind of the case now is that they are hand in hand with law enforcement. Mm. They do all of the records, all of the records for all of our intelligence agencies now for the DOJ. It's all up on the Amazon cloud. So they have a cozy relationship. It is. It's terrifying. Now, we brought three um, experts together. One of them is Senator Mike Lee uh, and this FBI agent who is now one of the 25 whistleblowers to tell us what's going on and how to handle it. You can watch it on YouTube tomorrow, but we are taking the audience questions out and not putting that online. That will only the whole episode will only be for blaze tv subscribers um we really really uh need you and want you to join us here at the blaze you are an important family member and we ask that you would join us now at blaze tv.com slash glenn blaze tv.com slash glenn Use the promo code STANDUP. This is one of the last days, the next couple of days. That's it. You get a $30 discount. That's the biggest discount we've ever offered. Join us now. And, you know, join and give it as a Christmas gift to somebody else. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code STANDUP. The Glenn Back Program. Let me tell you about Grip6. Every morning, people all over this country... Get up, go on with their lives in a land that is still free, at least for now. They work hard, try to make a good living, loving their God, their family. The end of the night, they go to bed as decent people. The American ideal is almost a limitless aim conceived in the hearts motivated by liberty and goodness. I want you to do business with people like that. When you're looking for socks, I I need you to just try out Grip6. You're going to love them. You can put your trust and hard-earned money in a company that does it right, all of it, here in America. Every bit of it. Grip6.com slash Beck. Best socks out there. Grip6.com slash Beck. program you want things to change then we need mcconnell out if you believe that i want you to call your senator today and tell them get away from mitch mcconnell stop he needs to be challenged today 
and we need to elect new leadership. You can call the Capitol now at 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121. Call the Congress, uh, sorry, call the Senate today and make sure that uh, Deb Fisher, Roger Wicker, Rick Scott, uh, Ted Cruz, Mike Braun, Josh Hawley, John Barrasso from Wyoming, Marsha Blackburn, they all know it is time for a change in the U.S. Senate. Make sure they know you'll be watching how they vote. Uh, you have to do that today. It, today and tomorrow are the critical days. Now, tomorrow we have a special on what the heck is happening with our criminal justice system. I'm going to give you one piece from tomorrow night's special here in just a second. And then we're going to talk to a, uh, a former FBI official. He's one of the 24 whistleblowers. His story is incredible, incredible. He will tell you what it's like on the inside. We go there in 60 seconds. Sad to say, but there are people right now who want nothing more in life than to steal your stuff. And they'll use the most sinister, sophisticated ways uh, uh, to do it. Um, you think you're immune? You're wrong. First of all, you know, they've got 87,000 new employees. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. We're not talking about the IRS. We're talking about cybercrime. Cyber criminals, th this applies to you. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect your life. We do everything online these days, and you don't want to cut internet safety out of the budget. You could just cut the internet out of your budget. I'm just saying. Uh, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off now. All right. I want to start, before we go to uh, Steve Friend, I, I want to start with something... Uh, that is absolutely incredible. This comes from a woman who wrote me right towards the beginning of COVID and told me her story, and we've been following it. This is, this is a woman that used to live in Seattle. Her husband worked for Amazon, and the government has taken everything from them. Listen. In 1892, a small island just off the coast of New York City opened its doors. Over 62 million immigrants entered, all looking for opportunities that were unmatched anywhere else in the world. Freedom, protection from tyranny, but also a home, a job, a better future for their children. But today, perhaps somebody should tell the millions of people around the world hoping to arrive on our shores and achieve that American dream that our all-powerful government can take it all from you in an instant. Minneapolis, 2011. Amy met a man at the top of this escalator in her office building, and her life changed forever. After we met, it was pretty quickly off to the races. We had so much in common. Um, in fact, our mothers had gone to high school together in Ohio, which we didn't know. Carl and I had met when we were toddlers. About six months after we met, Carl got a job offer with a little startup that was part of Amazon called Amazon Web Services. 
and they asked him to move to Seattle to join the company, and Carl asked me to go with him. Two years after making the move to Seattle, Carl and Amy married in the beautiful mountains of the Pacific Northwest. And very quickly after that, um, we started growing our family. <laughs> Amy and Carl were exemplifying that American dream. Amy became an entrepreneur and her company, The Riveter, hit $20 million in revenue. Carl had left Amazon and was experiencing amazing success as a real estate developer. We saved our money to buy our first house and we'd really planned to raise our family there for our girls to grow. We were happy. I mean, we had worked so hard to get to where we were. We had really embraced that idea that you can build your own dreams and build your own life. But then, just a couple of weeks after the COVID pandemic began here at home, Amy and Carl's dreams came to a screeching halt. There was a knock at our door around 6.45 a.m. My four little girls were playing a little, a little bouncy house in the living room. And it was a woman and a man, and the woman opened a wallet and it was a badge and it said FBI. The agents gave Carl two letters. One accused him of a federal crime, and the second said that they intended to seize a number of uh, his bank accounts and some bank accounts that I shared with him. Did not know then, but learned very quickly that there is a practice in America called civil forfeiture. Since 9-11, under just one program, police have taken two and a half billion dollars in the course of over 61,000 seizures of cash alone from people who, and this is the mind-blowing part, were not charged with a crime. It's when government agencies can take everything you have. Your bank accounts, your homes, your cars. Without ever charging you for a crime. What do you do if you can't feed your kids? How do you even navigate talking to the FBI? Like, what happens then? Carl did something only 2% of all Americans accused of a federal crime choose to do. He refused to cave. Well, that's when the FBI did everything they could to scare this young family into submission. I checked my Wells Fargo bank account and I logged on and it was empty. And this was my account, just mine where I put my earnings as a CEO, as a lawyer, and all the money was gone. And I've never been accused of a crime. Um, I yelled for my husband to check his bank accounts and everything was gone. So we had no money um, to feed our kids, to pay our mortgage, to pay Carl's lawyers. And that was designed so that Carl couldn't fight back. They sold their home. Amy gave up her business, but it still wasn't enough. One of the other tools that was used to coerce him to plead guilty um, was a constant threat from the Department of Justice that they were going to charge him with a crime and that when they did, they would show up at her house in the middle of the night or in the middle of the morning and drag him out at gunpoint in front of our four daughters. And I just didn't want them to see that. And so for, for many months, um, we would wake our daughters up, our four little girls, at five in the morning and take them to different parks all around Puget Sound. We tried to make it an adventure, but for us, I just didn't want them to be there if that was going to happen. Most of my daughters were too young to understand anything was happening. 
that my oldest daughter, Sloan, did understand that something was wrong. You know, I told Sloan, sometimes people with bad motivations and a lot of power can make very bad things happen to other people. And we explained to her that because someone had said daddy did something bad without asking him, without verifying it, that um, the government had taken our money. And that because of that, we needed to sell our house and we were going to move and stay with family, um, but that mommy and daddy were going to fight. And we did. And I think, you know, that's the most important thing. Amy and Carl fought, and they fought hard, and against all odds. In the ultimate David and Goliath battle, they proved to Sloan and her little sisters that the good guys can succeed, no matter how powerful the enemy may be. They have not succeeded yet. You will hear their entire story on the special that we air tomorrow night. Uh, we took four families from across the United States. Um, Amy is, if, if I remember right, she was a a bundler for Obama. She's on the left. Um, not 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 quite so much anymore, um, but uh, she was on the left. And uh, her story is riveting. You don't want to miss it. Mike Lee, I had dinner with him, and he said it was one of the most shocking and horrifying things he has ever seen. He knows about these things. But when you hear the families and you meet the families tomorrow night, uh, you'll have it will impact you. These are regular people just like you. And if they can do it to them, they will do it to you. Coming up in just a minute, we have uh, the um, whistleblower from the FBI. Uh, his name is Steve Friend. He's an incredibly brave uh, and valiant guy. He's on the special tomorrow night. I wanted him to talk to you about some of the things we didn't get to on the special. Um, and we're going to talk to him in 60 seconds. By the way, if you are not a subscriber to The Blaze, please subscribe now. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code stand up you'll see a lot of this special on youtube but uh, all of the questions from the audience which are really good um and the answers from our panel of experts also really good on what do i do that's on tomorrow full episode only on blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code stand up I don't re recommend things that I don't believe in. And when I tell you I believe in Relief Factor, I'm saying it because I've seen it work, not secondhand either. I know what it's like to go through daily pain. Yesterday, I was in so much pain, I, oh, I almost couldn't do the show. Um, and Stu was kind of on standby the whole time because the pain was so bad. It got really cold here and my pain changes in the, in the cold. And I haven't been taking Relief Factor for the last couple of weeks because I've been feeling great. The weather changed, and boy, did I need it. Today, I'm back, I'm unwrapped, and I feel really good. It's Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Please just try it. The three-week quick start, 1995. Try it for three weeks. If it's not working in three weeks, most likely probably not going to work for you. 
But 70% of the people who order it go on to order more month after month. 800, the number four relief. 800, the number four relief. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. friend grew up in savannah georgia he followed his father's footsteps and attended the university of notre dame where uh, he graduated with a bachelor's in accounting he worked uh, in accounting for two years before deciding he wanted to be a uh, in law enforcement he was a sworn police officer in savannah and pooler georgia for four years and then he joined the fbi in 2014 he spent his first seven years in the FBI investigating violent crime and major offenses occurring on Indian reservations in northeast Nebraska. This included the Omaha Nation, Winnebago tribe of Nebraska, and the Santee Sioux tribe. He was also a member of the FBI Omaha SWAT team for five years. He transferred to Daytona Beach in 2021 and, been in, and, and began investigating child exploitation, human trafficking, and child sexual abuse. He was reassigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force in October 21. This is where his story really begins. Welcome to the program, Steve. Steve Friend. Thank you very much, Glenn. It's an honor. Uh, so, Steve, tell me what happened after you were uh, reassigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Uh, well, when they brought me over, they had to uh, put me uh, on the cases that they had already in existence. Uh, and what I soon learned was that the vast majority of those cases were tied to the January 6th incident at the Capitol. Uh, and uh, in my, my habit as an investigator coming from, uh, from violent crime and, and, and an environment where there's lots of cases coming very rapidly, I just started to look through the cases and, and really wanted to take action on them. And what I came to learn, though, was that they'd done everything that they had expected to do and were waiting to hear back from Washington as to further action or, uh, or you know, what, what the status of the case was going to be which to me was a, a major departure from the FBI rules for investigative work. So wait a minute. So they, the work had already been done by Washington. Why were you assigned it then? That was my question. Uh, you know, just being very, very familiar with the, the case management practices within the FBI, you know, having opened over 200 cases in my career, uh, when you open a case, it's assigned to you, it's assigned to your office. Uh, so when we had these January 6th cases, it seemed to me that those cases should have been open from Washington, D.C. Uh, but if a decision was made to, you know, to send them out to the field, then the case was going to sit with the office that it was with. In my case, it was Daytona, which is in the, uh, the Jacksonville field office. And we, we'd run that case the way we wanted to, the way we wanted to make our decisions for in, you know, further proper investigative steps. However, uh, it was clear that a lot of the pre-work had been done on those cases from Washington, and uh, they were giving directives to our offices, even though we were the on, on paper the assigned case agents with our office of origin. Uh, Washington was really running the show, and which is a you know not a kosher uh, move on our part in the FBI. Why would they do that? Uh, I asked, and uh, I was told that that had been raised. Um, you know, early on, and uh, the response from headquarters had been that it was to get, quote-unquote, buy-in from the field. Uh, 
I, there's a couple of things I can surmise from that. One is uh, the FBI uh, suits and headquarters just have a really negative opinion of its investigators, and they thought, you know, if your name's not on it, they're not going to do a good job, which to me just kind of rang hollow, pretty macabre view of your of your personnel. Uh, so then I just just did a little bit of critical thinking on it, and you know, first of all, the uh, the January sixth incident logically is one incident. It should be one case, uh, but instead the FBI is elected to open a separate case for every single subject. So right then and there, you have one case has been made into 800, 900, 1,000 cases. Uh, so now you've, you've upped the, the total bottom line number of domestic terrorism investigations. And then by spreading those cases to the field, you're essentially backfilling a, a narrative that was, was pushed out in 2021, 2022 about this rise in violent domestic terrorism around the country, when in reality, the, all those cases are stemming from one incident on January 6th, 2021, in one location. Okay, so you were suspended because you wouldn't do it. You were suspended without pay. Your your gun, your badge, everything was taken from you. Um, and it's because you wouldn't, uh, what they say, is refusing a lawful arrest warrant, uh, which demonstrated poor judgment and improperly accessing the FBI's employee handbook and refusing to attend the SAB. Tell me about this. Yeah, so I, uh, uh, my first opportunity really to take uh, to, to engage in an arrest of a January 6th subject, I'd already decided that uh, should that come to pass that uh, I was going to make my disclosure to, uh, to my supervisor. So uh, in, in the lead up to that, I, uh, I, the week before, spoke to my immediate supervisor, raised my concerns about uh, you know, improper case management practices, and then also just my concerns about how we were going to be arresting these subjects. Because in my experience, and having arrested 150-plus violent criminals, you never had to use uh, a tactical team, a SWAT team, to, to bring them into custody uh, because I'd talked to those individuals. And, and we'd done similar things with these January 6th subjects. So to me, it seemed like an unnecessary use of, of uh, a force uh, you know, and I have SWAT experience to, to back that up. So I brought all those concerns to them. Um, they uh, they passed it up the chain of command, my, my supervisor, to the, the second level. Um, and, uh, again, had more sit-down meetings with those with those guys, uh, voiced the same concerns, even brought up FBI training uh, about the abuse of power that all agents have to go through in the academy where you go to the Holocaust Memorial and the MLK Memorial and, and you discuss, you know, how those – civil rights abuses and, and, and atrocities right. can occur. Right. Um, so raised all those concerns, and they said uh, it was very clear to me that they were trying to divorce the, the two issues of me raising my uh, concern, and then they said it's separate for me to uh, refuse to, to participate. And, and I co- contradicted that. I said, you know, my job is to defend the Constitution. I took an oath to uphold and defend it. And I think that we are violating due process and we're potentially uh, violating some cruel and unusual punishment. But just how we're bringing these guys into custody, even, you know, interviewing people who we never actually intend to prosecute is is an abuse. So I have to default to my oath of office. And I think I am doing my job. Uh, They didn't agree with me. They said that I uh, had uh, questionable uh, judgment and uh, was not uh, executing a lawful warrant. Uh, That was one of the issues Uh, when I got concerned about my. My future with the FBI, because they, they multiple times told me, you know, where do you see yourself with us in the future? In fact, my special agent in charge, Sherry Onks, told me I needed to do some soul searching and decide if I wanted to be a, an wow. FBI agent. Um, so I got an attorney, and uh, he, he asked me to get him the employee handbook. 
and disciplinary procedures because he just wanted to be equipped to to mount right. the fence for me. So that was so the improperly that. accessing the employee handbook, giving it to your attorney. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. My employees' request. Uh, I even when I was eventually suspended, they you know said, "What did you take?" And I said, "Oh, that, that was the employee handbook." And they're like, "They said we need that back." I said, "I, I thought you guys could get the handbook, but right. I'm happy to send it back to you." <laughs> okay, hang on just a second. When we come back. He's going to talk about the tools called Guardians and his concern on how those tools are being used right now to investigate U.S. citizens. Tools called Guardians. Oh, that sounds safe. More with Steve Friend next. The Glenn Beck Program. You like saving money? The reason I ask is, you know, if you hate saving money, well, then you're probably a Democrat and you you might not be a fan of upside. If, on the other hand, you're the type of person who actually doesn't enjoy having to empty out your wallet and sell a kidney every time you go to buy groceries or to get gas, you're going to love upside. Upside is an amazing app that will actually save you money on gas and groceries and dining out. All you have to do is download it and use the promo code BECK. You'll automatically get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. And from there, you just find an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, and when you do pay, you get paid. It's easy. You'll feel the results right away in your wallet. So download the free Upside app at Upside.com slash Beck. Upside.com slash Beck. Get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. It's Upside.com slash Beck. Do it now and save. Don't miss the special on Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is STANDUP. You'll get 30 bucks off. We are talking to a very brave FBI agent. I wish there were more of them. Where are you, local FBI agents? Uh, Steve Friend is his name. He's an FBI whistleblower. He objected to being part of the January 6th raids for several reasons. First of all, um, before I get to some other things, can you tell me, um, you said earlier that you thought it was um, cruel and inhumane treatment, I think you said, uh, the way some of these prisoners are being handled. Can you tell me anything you know about that? Well, I can only speak to you know what I've read about uh, how, how folks are being held in the D.C. jails who have actually been taken into custody. Uh, my, my genuine concern uh, was the the process being a punishment for people who actually were never we never intended or were going to not right. be able to charge. So you know, just sitting down somebody in front of them you know stresses them out. A lot of these guys had to hire attorneys. Uh, the one individual I participated in with an interview, he had lost his job and was. You know, retaining an attorney, and it was for you know walking in the Capitol uh, after having gained permission of the police. So, what was the point of us right going through that process? You know, it's a, it's amazing to me. You you said um, at one point you you said that the process is the punishment, and when you think of that, that is terrifying because. That means that even if they can't charge you or you're not really guilty of anything, 
they're going to make this so horrible on you that you just stay away from everything. You teach you teach people a lesson. Stay away. Don't even get close to any of this. That's exactly right. I mean, even you can go back to what happened to Michael Flynn. I mean, you know, he was forced to sell his house and essentially become bankrupt in order to, to mount a defense and ultimately pled guilty to avoid his son being roped into it. So that's the process is the punishment. And the FBI um, designated the grassy area area outside the U.S. Capitol as a restricted zone after January 6th. And did they apply that rec- retroactively to be able to look and say, well, you were in that restricted zone on January 6th? That's my understanding, that they, they wanted to really send a message and then gather more people up in this dragnet. So they decided that the, the lawn on the outside of the Capitol, outside of those four walls, was going to be deemed restricted because at some point there had been some barricades. But just anecdotally, I heard individuals who were there on the 5th, they said they saw barricades, but on the 6th, the morning of, they saw people removing them. So there's a little bit of uh, hmm. suspect action being involved with that. Um, it, tell me about Guardians, the tools that they use to investigate called Guardians. So Guardian is a software system. Uh, I like to think of it as like the 911 system in the FBI. Uh, you, you call 911, just you know, cat in a tree uh, for your neighborhood. You can do that to the FBI, to the uh, National Intake Center. Uh, those folks there deal with uh, probably 3,000 calls a day or, or, digi- or electronic communications. Uh, they kind of pull through it and disseminate them to the field for a proper investigative action. So when it came to January 6th, there was a huge uptick in the amount of guardians that came into the FBI, and it was from all over the country. It could be from a disgruntled neighbor who didn't like his uh, buddy across the street having a, a MAGA flag. It could be... Uh, family member ratting on a family member. You know, my, my uncle was there. He, he, he told me he was there. So people that were trying to, uh, to be helpful to the FBI and in, in pursuing this investigation, uh, a lot of them actually just went to the FBI website and looked at pictures and then would call, call in a tip saying, you know, this uh, unknown subject he looks like somebody I went to high school with. And uh, those tips would come in. Uh, they would be pushed out to, you know, wherever was deemed the appropriate geographical location. Uh, so for me, you know, I, I got one. Uh, that was really the, the first interaction I had. Uh, it was an anonymous tip from Rhode Island that said uh, this individual was, was involved in assaulting police officers at the January 6th riot. Uh, they had done a workup on this guy. Uh, his phone, had the, G, the geo fence on his phone, the GPS, did not ping at the Capitol. Uh, the facial recognition with the, his social media accounts did not come up with a positive match, but I was still asked to go and attempt to do an interview. So it's not illegal for me to knock on anybody's door and, and, and say, hey, I'm the FBI. Do you want to talk to me? Right. Uh, it's called a knock and talk. But uh, you know, it, it was just kind of a concern just because even if he admitted to being at the Capitol, there was no complaint. It, it was going to be very difficult to even charge the case. So uh, I still just good team player at that point uh, said, all right, I'll go knock on his door. Went went to the drove about an hour, an hour and a half, uh, knocked on the door, met a gentleman there said, I am with the FBI. We, we're looking at January 6th. Were, were you at the Capitol that day? And he looked at me and said, no, uh, that was the day of my son's funeral. So uh, I just, you know, well, I guess I made him relive that whole experience and uh, gave him my business card and was on my merry way. So that was my, my first uh, guardian that I had for Kennedy to January 6th. Mm-hmm. 
Um, are you seeing an escalation of political targeting at the FBI? How concerned about all the things that we're seeing with the FACE Act, now the FBI coming in in the middle of the night and arresting 78-year-old people, the idea that if you disagree at the school board, you're a, somehow or another a terrorist? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a political element. I think there's, a, there's two dueling things. There's, there's politics and there's ambition. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's the other, sometimes there's both, I think. Uh, and there are some true believers, definitely my special agent in charge, uh, Sherry Onks, is a, of the political left, made no secret about that. She, she sent out emails about the, the Dobbs decision being the, the Supreme Court taking away women's rights, and she put a gay pride flag display up in her office in Jacksonville. Uh, but then you have my assistant special agent in charge, uh, Colt Markowski, who I, I believe is probably more ambitious, kind of saw this as being a huge case for the FBI, than, than bigger than 9-11. And you know, if you get your name on something with January 6th and you can claim you had supervising responsibilities in some way of the largest and most important case that the agencies ever worked, that's, that's going to be a pretty good ticket for you to, to promote within the, uh, the organization. And I think just recently, you know, with, the, with these FACE Acts, uh, you know, I've had a little bit of experience with it just being on uh, human trafficking investigations. I, I reached out to some of the crisis pregnancy centers after the, the Jackson Dobbs case uh, just because I was worried that they might have some, uh, some threats come in. Uh, and then I also figured that they, they might actually see some human trafficking victims. So they could be a good uh, resource right. for me. Did that, uh, got a little helmet sticker from, from, the, from the bosses, but then was also told that uh, I really needed to prioritize looking into abortion clinics because they were really the, maybe the ones that were at risk. <laughs> really? Uh, and I, mm. I responded, I, I think the only time that the team that wins does that is like when the Lakers win the title, they burn the city. But otherwise, <laughs> I don't think that the, uh, the pro-life side is going right. to burn down places that are going to be shut down. Right. But that, that's just my critical thinking. Uh, and last question, and I know I asked you this uh, before, but uh, why aren't we seeing more FBI agents coming out? We've always thought that these guys were the best of the best. You know, conservatives have always given them a pass, which we I don't think we should have. Um, but uh, now they're showing themselves to be. Uh, I think less than honorable if they're seeing things themselves and are not standing up against it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hard, disheartened by this myself. Um, I, you know, I told you uh, the other night, you know, I, I really thought that I was going to have the, the Captain America endgame moment where, you know, I fought a battle and even in my most dire situation, I would get that on your left moment. And uh, you know, there would be my, my brother and sister in arms, standing there and uh, they just aren't I, I'm, I'm done talking about the good men and women at the FBI yeah, I know that's the politically correct thing that uh, all of our, our leaders like to say to make sure the donations keep coming in but um, I, I, I'm no longer doing that I, I think that you know, it's a really sweet gig to be an FBI agent I lived it for eight years uh, it's a great job you're the most interesting person um, maybe with the exception of radio show host uh, that you walk in <laughs> any room uh, everybody wants to ask you questions and the big case. Um, and uh, you can really get by on a 20 year career being grossly overpaid and underworked. And folks just kind of play that same narrative where they say, oh, I'm just trying to pay the bills and put food on the table and I'm going to keep my head down. I only got a few years to, to retirement. Um, but, you know, I, I swore an oath and I, I you know, like I voiced to my bosses, I, I guess you guys found the one that uh, actually took 
Sarah seriously. I, I believed in it. And I, I, that's why I, I wanted to do the job. So this was a job. So I did the job. And it never occurred to me that that, that was not um, that was an option to, to not do that. Um, unfortunately, I guess the other uh, 14,000 agents who, uh, who wear the gun and badge uh, don't share my sentiments. Well, we have all kinds of oversight if the uh, if the Republicans gain the House. It looks like they're going to at this point. And uh, I know you're in touch with uh, people on Capitol Hill, and I, I hope we see more of you, and I, I hope all of this comes to light and we do clean up this organization or shut it down. If it won't be cleaned up, then shut it down. Steve, thank you so much. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Steve Friend, uh, former FBI agent, um, he has had quite a transformation. You'll see him uh, tomorrow as he talks about some of the cases uh, that we have in front of you tomorrow. It is a really very important show because we don't know our Constitution. Uh, You know, uh, Mike Lee's son uh, came with his wife and, and Mike and uh, we went out to dinner afterwards, and his son is actually, uh, I think he's clerking for the Supreme Court now. And uh, he said, you know, when I, I heard my dad was coming to this, I wanted to come. He said, but so many places are just going to get you all riled up uh, and then leave it there. And he said, I was so glad to see the panel and what you guys were doing, because what we tried to do is show you what can happen to you. And it is on the increase. We've never had to think about being an enemy of the state. We never have been. We believe in the Constitution. How can we possibly be the enemy of the of the government and the and the Constitution when we are calling for the use of the Constitution? And you never have thought of yourself as a rebel, a rebel. But now you are just for standing up. You'll hear the story of a guy who lost his children because he would not go along with calling his son, who does not want to be called a girl, a girl. It can happen to you. And we are going to give you the do's and don'ts and what you need to do to prepare for these things. It's a introductory, really, on the Constitution and how you should behave. And there is one shocking thing that I think uh, conservatives have never even thought of before uh, that uh, is overwhelming advice from the experts. That's tomorrow night only on Blaze TV Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the uh, promo code STANDUP and uh, save our biggest savings ever. $30 on your uh, one-year subscription, so it's 70 bucks now for a year. Believe me, you will get more than $70 worth of uh, value out of that with all of the shows that we have and the specials that we have uh, coming up. It is so important now more than ever that we stay in touch with each other and have a direct line of communication. Being a Blaze family member is one way to do that. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code STANDUP. That's tomorrow night. Um, well, the Democrats have taken the Senate, and you know what that means. It means we have to work a little harder. We have to fix our uh, voting processes And uh, I don't think anybody stole this. I think this is the way the system works. 
And we need people to be informed and start working for the 2024 election. We have to stick together also uh, better than we have been doing. It means that you and I need to be patronizing companies that believe in the same set of values and principles that we do. We have to reinforce one another and hang together. Companies that stand for freedom are hard to find, but there is one. Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they share your values. They're not going to send your hard-earned money to aid in the destruction of America. They're going to work for conservative causes, not against them. You're going to get the same nationwide service all while supporting a company that loves America, shares your values, and supports our police. Switching is easy. It's going going to be rewarding just knowing you're not only getting great mobile service, but you're also standing up for what is good and right. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Free activation with the offer code Beck. Special discounts are available for veterans and first responders. Come join the movement and make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, program. Coming up next hour, um, we've got a few things uh, for you. We, We have, for anyone who has said, oh, ESG is just made up, it's not happening, I'm going to give you two ESG stories that make it very, very, very clear what is happening. And it's not in the future. It is already here. One from the World Bank, one from um, the um, uh, Fannie and Freddie and what they're going to be doing. And I, I really want you to go to see VantageScore.com slash Capital Markets slash ESG. Just go to Vantage Score. Um, this is a, a new program that is out now, and Freddie and uh, Freddie and Fanny are going to be using this. Um, uh, they are participating to boost ESG scores. What this is will help improve racial equity in the buying of homes, and they're using this new score. That will help people buy 10.7 million people will have a score of uh, 620 above. Uh, And this is not just going to be a FICO score. This is also going to be on your social justice score. Again, anybody who doesn't believe in it, go to VantageScore.com slash capital hyphen markets slash ESG. I'll give you all of the information uh, next hour, but this is coming and this is the Chinese kind of score. In case you don't know, the things that you do with your money matter. You can often affect change in this country with your wallet as much as you can with your vote, maybe sometimes more. One way of doing this is by buying things that are made here in America. And I mean really made in America. American cars aren't made in America anymore. They might be assembled. When you buy clothing from American Giant, this is the one time that you will know you're getting true American quality. Made with merit. Made by people in this country for a fair wage. 
every stitch and every thread, every metal rivet, every drop of ink is made and assembled here. So you're not just buying clothing. You're investing in the process to save America. We have to get back to the independent spirit of American manufacturing. And American Giant is doing their part. All of it means made in America. Please join us and join American Giant in their quest to restore ourselves. There's American Giant in all of us. Find yours. Go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. That's American-Giant.com slash Glenn. program this hour we are going to tell you about the new chinese credit score that has been introduced now officially you can find it on the website in your credit score it is it should chill you to the bone should wake your friends and neighbors up should be the final answer to anybody who says that's just a conspiracy theory that's not happening that's not how they're going to use it well, I'll show it to you on their own website and in a press release yesterday. We'll give it to you this hour. In case you didn't know, the things that you do with your um, with your money, really, they do matter. They matter a great deal. And you're looking to save money. of Americans carry their credit card balance over from month to month. 55% of Americans. That's a huge number. And it makes sense. Things are expensive right now. Life is expensive. Everything is really expensive. This is where American financing comes in. They're America's home for home loans. They've been helping people just like you save money for over 20 years. Their salary-based mortgage consultants will help you guide will help guide you through every single step of the progress uh, process uh, from the free mortgage review to whichever outcome works the best for you. They'll help you understand all of your options and from flexible terms to fast closings, they have you covered. It's American financing. AmericanFinancing.net. Call them at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. There is a, a story that I saw published. I, it was either the day before the election or election day. 
And I purposely held it because I thought no one will pay attention to it today, but it needs to be told to the American people. We have Alan Dershowitz uh, with us, one of the most celebrated lawyers in the world. Uh, he is a man who has been fighting a smear uh, against him when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein. If you remember, uh, a woman who was a victim of Epstein said that Alan Dershowitz had sexually assaulted her when she was a teenager. Well, new news in this. In a joint uh, statement announcing the settlement, she said, quote, I have long believed that I was trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein uh, to Alan Dershowitz. However, I was very young at the time. It was very stressful and a traumatic environment. And Mr. Dershowitz has, from the beginning, consistently denied these allegations. I now recognize I may have made a mistake in identifying Mr. Dershowitz. Her lawyer, who, if you remember the story, no friend of Alan Dershowitz, David Boyce, um, he even said, quote, the time has come to end this litigation. Mr. Dershowitz has suffered, I'm quoting, has suffered greatly from the allegation of sexual abuse made against him, an allegation that he has consistently and vehemently denied, end quote. So I wanted to make sure you heard that news. It wasn't buried. The very important uh, person uh, in our in our culture and in our law has been cleared. Alan Dershowitz, welcome to the program, sir. Well, thanks. I, I have, but uh, there's more to the story, and we're trying to get all of the depositions, all of the videotapes, all of the audio tapes that have now been sealed at the request of Gouffre and Boys and her lawyers. We want to get them unsealed so that you can play them on your show so that the American public can hear the whole story, not just the partial story reflected by her dropping the charges uh, against me. There is a tremendous amount that has been sealed and they have sealed it. And I have from day one said I've I, I waive all my rights to privacy. I want everything out. And I think everybody understands if you have two people and one of whom wants everything kept secret, and the other of whom wants everything made public, who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. So yes. I want everything revealed, and I want the media to go to court and say, we have the right to hear if there's an audio tape, if there's a videotape, if there are depositions, if there are emails. We want to hear because, you know, a lot of people were accused in this case. Uh, George Mitchell was accused, the former majority leader of the Senate. Bill Richardson was accused. A.O. Barak was accused. Um, the, the granddaughter of uh, uh, Pousteau, the explorer, was accused. Leslie Wexner was accused. And so most of the story is still suppressed. And I want it all to come out. And I hope that the media wants it all to come out so that the whole story can be told. Well, we we will file for that. I would love to. Sure. I would love to play those. Um, so and I will support you. I will support you because I want nothing hidden. I have nothing to hide. I never had sex with anybody but my wife during the relevant period of time. I don't flirt. I don't touch. I mean, the whole story has been made up from beginning to end. 
Yeah, well, you've been, you know, a, a Harvard professor for long enough that if you if you did like young women, it probably would have been noticed a long time ago. 50 years yeah. and um, never in the 50 years was a single complaint ever, ever leveled against me. I've had dozens of um, female research assistants, thousands of female students, um, but never until this uh, was any any charge ever leveled against me. And, and you know, we know why. We know the reasons why the charge was made. Her best friend uh, has, has a tape, which is not sealed, uh, in which uh, she said that uh, Gouffre never wanted to charge me uh, or name me. Uh, she never wanted to name me, but she was pressured to do so by her lawyers. And if you read my book, um, uh, Guilt by Accusation, you'll see I lay out the whole scenario of why uh, I was used as a stalking horse to try to get a billion dollars from Leslie Wexner, a very wealthy man who was also accused. So I want the whole story to come out. I want every every deposition, every videotape, every videotape, every so, email out there. Uh, how did it feel to have Boyce at least say that on record? I mean, it probably well, rang hollow to you because you know the real yeah. story. He doesn't mean it. Um, uh, you know, he he wanted to, to make sure I, I dropped my, my countersuit against him. He sued me. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't I don't believe that uh, uh, his feelings really are that way. But I don't really care. The, the case against boys was never important to me. It was always the accusation, the false accusation made by Virginia Gouffray, which was believed by a lot of people. And a lot of people canceled me as a result of it, including major Jewish organizations like Temple Emanuel in New York, the 92nd Street Y. I would hope they would now reconsider their cancellation and invite me back. Uh, and it's really affected my ability to defend Israel. This call, I'm, I'm in Israel now. I know you love Israel. I, I love do. Israel. I, I'm in Israel right now. I hopefully will be meeting with the new prime minister. And my effectiveness in defending Israel was substantially curtailed by this accusation. And so now I think I can go back and, and do what I've been doing for 50 years, defending civil liberties, defending the Constitution, defending human rights and defending Israel. Well, um, I was just, I just talked to uh, Bibi Netanyahu, what, uh, last last week or something. Remind him mm-hmm. I'm, I I really want to become a citizen, a dual citizenship of uh, of Israel. I just just well, we, just throw we, that in there. We can, do that. <laughs> we can do that together. We can have a joint ceremony. Uh, I've, I've always had a, a wish to do that. You know that Bibi offered me the job of being Israel's ambassador to the U.N. And if I had taken it, I would have had to become an Israeli citizen. Um, but um, why, why aren't you? A, why didn't you take the dual citizenship? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm such a patriotic America. I love America. I, I didn't want to do that at the time. But, you know, things have changed. Yeah. And um, I, I, I certainly didn't want to give up my American citizenship. I would never do that under any circumstances. No, neither would America. I. No, That's neither would so I. So good to my family and to me, and I love it. And I, you know, yeah, I, I, I salute the flag. I don't take kneels. I stand up, but I'm every time, you know, and sing along with the Star Spangled Banner. And, yeah, and and love love July Fourth. So I, I, I'm an American, American at heart. I was, you know, born here, and I will, I will spend the rest of my life as an American defending American values. But I, 
I also defend Israel, as you do. Yeah, I, I will tell you, Alan, Bibi said to me, why do you want to become, uh, why do you want to have citizenship in Israel? And I said, one of two reasons, either if the crap hits the fan, I want to be standing with people who are wide awake and who will stand and know what they're fighting for. Uh, and the second reason might be, I guess I just want the two most unpopular passports in the world, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and the two passports of countries that people want to come to more than almost yeah, any other country. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, people just everybody wants to come to America. They can insult it and attack it. But people vote with their feet. People want to come to America and people want to come to Israel. The refugees from Ukraine are coming to Israel. Many Russians are coming to Israel. You know, Israel is a great, great, wonderful, wonderful country. And uh, I'm enjoying every minute of it. Um, Alan, we're tomorrow. I'm doing a special on uh, the FBI and the Justice Department and how out of control it is. And this is something we've seen before with the FBI, Um, but it's becoming extraordinarily disturbing um, how, how do we rein this in with, uh, with oversight that just doesn't want to do oversight? Well, first of all, there has to be a change in the Justice Department of the FBI. Right now, it's a schizo- they're both schizophrenic groups. On the one hand, the Attorney General of the United States is in the cabinet. He is a loyal Democrat. He's supposed to help the incumbent president get reelected. That's part of his job. He's part of the administration and the cabinet. On the other hand, he's supposed to be an objective, neutral law enforcement official, the top law enforcement official. We're one of the only countries in the world that combine those roles. In England and in Israel, you have ministers of justice who are political. Everybody knows they're on the side of the prime minister. And then you have the director of public prosecution or some other person who is not political, who is not a member of the same party necessarily. And their job is to just do justice without any concern for the politics. That's can, how can we you, have to move in this country. Can you do that in today's world? Everything. Sports is now political. Oh, yeah. Well, you see that after the World Series, there were complaints that there was not enough diversity in Major League Baseball because only 7% of Major League Baseball players are African-American. But nobody complains about diversity in basketball. We're 90 percent. It's it's so hypocritical. It's hit sports so badly as well. You can't have any discussion about anything today in in our country. I remember the day when Bill Buckley and I used to be on radio or television, Mm. and we would argue about everything. And then we'd go out and have a drink and talk about how much we admire each other's views, even though we disagree with them. Or, Or you and I still can have that kind of discussion you know you and i don't agree on a lot of domestic issues but i admire your views i admire your intelligence there are too few people who have that kind of ability to keep politics out of everything right because their principles are more important than politics but we don't we don't seem to see them i wrote a book i wrote a book called the price of principle and it really is about how by sticking to principle you get in trouble and it costs you family and friends and money and but it's worth it it's worth it you've got to stick to your principles that's the key so you have been teaching for 50 years um and you've been teaching some of the best and the brightest are you are you concerned at all are you seeing signs of hope still at that level of of student that 
because I see polls all the time from university students. They don't understand freedom of speech anymore. They don't understand really the Bill of Rights. Not only that, but um, they they actually think that freedom of speech is a patriarchal, colonial concept, white supremacist concept. There's no need for due process. If you know, quote, the truth about everything, what do you need freedom of speech and dissent? What do you need due process? It's a real problem. But I have to tell you, I'm proud of the students. Usually in some universities, only a handful or a couple of handfuls of students that stand up to this. That's why I go out of my way to speak at the Federalist Society. And I'm not a conservative, but I want to make sure I support the young people on campus who are prepared to fight against the, the woke culture, who are prepared to fight against the denial of, um, of, du- of due process. Uh, there are too few of them, but there are enough of them. So I have some hope. You know, in Israel, they say a pessimist is someone who says, oh, things are so bad, they can't get worse. An optimist says, yes, they can. So I think that things could get worse. I think they could get worse, but I'm going to keep trying to make them get better. Now, particularly that I'm free from this false accusation, I really can devote all of my time. 84 years old, but I'm still going strong, and I still want to fight for what I love about America, what I love about liberty, what I love about freedom. Well, I, I will tell you, I, I thought it was important that this story was not buried. Um, you're you're an important voice to America and have been for well, a very long time. I appreciate that. They're still trying to bury it. They're still trying to keep secret the um, uh, other material, and they're trying to shut me up, uh, shut me down. But I won't. I won't. Uh, uh, and I want all that material out. If you want to. If you want to move for it or your, uh, your station move for it, I'll be. I do. I do. We will. Uh, I'll have someone of my producers reach out to you, uh, Alan, sure. and we'll we'll uh, we'll get that because I would air all of it. I think people are interested and want to know the truth on what really happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I do, too. I do, too. All right. Say hi, say hi to BB for me and uh, God bless. I will do that. You, uh, you too. Thank all right. Bye bye. Alan Dershowitz. Uh, the host of The Dersh Show. It's a podcast that you can uh, hear now that his name has been cleared, which you would think somebody would have, you know, the decency to, you know, make a big deal out of that. I find this to be completely incredible. I mean, we, we talked to him when all of this was going on. He yeah. was just as adamant. He didn't do anything. And but he was he was canceled. He was thrown out of organizations. He was th- tossed to the side. This is a. This is not just some accusation. This is the central accuser in the Epstein thing. Yeah. Right. Like he. She's the one that accused Prince Andrew. Uh huh. She's the one that accused all these people for this. This was. This is not just some like side character who came along after. This is the central person in this case who's now who's now admitting she may have made a mistake identifying him. You know, this is why you keep your life clean. Ooh. Alan Dershowitz clearly is a guy who has kept his life clean and defended dirtbags. But is not doesn't seem to be a dirtbag himself. And when you pick on people like that, uh, it's pretty hard because it's hard to accept that they are that kind of person after a lifetime of being decent. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has a promise uh, and its promise is it will do good and never forget the heroes who have sacrificed everything, everything to keep us free. 
It's their annual season of hope. And between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will be delivering mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Let me tell you about Maggie. She's 26 years old, or she was when she was deployed to Afghanistan in 2015. A few months in, she was permanently injured by a suicide bomber. Tunnel to Towers is delivering a fully adapted mortgage-free smart home to Maggie and her family for the holidays. Smart homes are vital in easing the financial burdens that many veterans face, and it makes their lives a lot easier. This is just one case, one example of what Tunnel to Towers is doing, and they do it with your help. Help America's heroes and their families this holiday season. I can't think of a better donation than $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. 10 seconds, station ID. One other observation about Alan Dershowitz. Mm-hmm. He's five years older than the president. Is that amazing? I, they don't you seem like to, the same species no, when they no. talk. I, no, I, they don't. I, I mean, if Joe Biden can't get through two consecutive sentences, this guy is razor sharp at 84 years old. Play cut six. Here's Joe Biden yesterday. Um, uh, I got hard trouble reading this. Reuters, uh, Natanja Bose. And then he looks up like completely confused. It's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible what's happening. And, and I think, you know, we always kind of summarize this as, uh, he's, he's too old for this job. And that's true to some degree, but like... Donald Trump and yeah, Ellen Donald Dershowitz. Trump is almost as old. It's the genes. Yeah, look, it, it really it, is. Some people genes. can can do it. It's not to say that no one can be sharp enough at eighty four years old to, or seventy nine years old to be able to 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 be on top of their game. Clearly, people. The can. guy who leads my church is, I think, ninety four. He's clearer than I am. Mm. I mean, well, that's not that's not hard. That okay, much. you're right. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but he, you know, it just it. It's a difference in your genes. I'm, I'm convinced of it. It has nothing to do with age. I didn't realize uh, Joe Biden was robbing the cradle with Jill at 71. I mean, geez. Wow. wow. I mean, come didn't on, know. Joe. Holy Whoa. cow. That is that's <laughs> sick. That is sick. <laughs> Back in a minute with uh, more on ESGs. Oh, it's a conspiracy, is it? Your Chinese social score arrives in America next. The Glenn Beck Program. Sharon wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She says, uh, our pit bull, Molly, was in very rough shape when we adopted her 10 months ago. She responded well to high-quality dog chow, but her coat still had a small, a strong smell to it, and bathing didn't eliminate it. You know, it's taken, Uno like four baths to get rid of the skunk's smell, and Rough Green's ain't helping with that. <laughs> anyway, she said her coat still had a strong smell. Bathing didn't eliminate it. She's been on Rough Greens now for several weeks. She loves eating it on her food, and her coat smells much, much better. She's more energetic, and her other issues are resolving nicely. Thank you, Rough Greens. Well, thank you, Sharon, for, A, rescuing a dog and uh, taking care of him. 
It's not a dog food in Rough Greens. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on the dog's food, and it's chock full of everything your dog needs to be healthy. I want you to go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. They're going to give you a free uh, trial bag. It's free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Call them today. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code STANDUP and get 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, the Great Reset and ESG. ESG is... uh, Regarded to uh, by many in mainstream media as a hoax, as something that just is not happening. Let me give you two stories uh, that have come out today. The first one is from Bloomberg, uh, and it will show you how it is working on the highest of levels. And it is the E. Now, some people will will admit, okay, the E is happening. Yeah, we're getting rid of. Fossil fuels. So the E is happening, but but not the S and the G. So let me just give you the first one. The head of the World Bank came under fire recently for not being tough enough on climate change. This is, by the way, in Bloomberg. So now he's going to go all in on ESG. World Bank President David Malpass calls for expanding the development lenders mission to explicitly include public goods such as climate change. Weeks after his hesitance uh, to publicly confirm his belief in global warming led to calls for his removal. So he's like, well, you know, I'm not sure we know all of the causes of global warming. Everybody in the power players, they all said he's got to go. Well, he didn't. Instead, Managers at the Washington-based institution will now review its operational model and financial model to find ways to boost lending, including using more grant and blended finance. Malpass said in a note to bank staff on Monday, it's seen by Bloomberg News, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen last month proposed changes for the World Bank and regional development banks, pushing them to move beyond country-specific loans to address global threats and speed the flow of private capital to poor and emerging economies. The U.S. is the world's largest shareholder of the World Bank. Oh, okay. So they want to get a little more aggressive in loaning, in loaning money to poor countries. Okay. Now that's the E. Let's go to the S. We actually have people now in legislatures, Republicans, all over the country that deny ESG is even real. October 24th, the FHFA, the Federal Housing Finance Agency, announced that lenders will soon be required to use two new credit scoring models, FICO 10T and uh, and Vantage Score 4.0, in order to sell mortgages to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Now, the uh, FHFA is the one that oversees 
the public-private institutions. Remember, we're all about public-private partnerships. So Freddie and Fannie, what do they do? They own most of the mortgages. They underwrite. They backstop most of the mortgages in America. The government is on the hook for those. Your bank doesn't own your house. Freddie or Fannie most likely own your house. Okay? And uh, they... If you're going to sell something to them, well, then they need to see the Vantage score 4.0. These, quoting the article, these two new credit scores are deliberately designed to make millions more of people eligible to purchase homes. Oh. Vantage score estimates that 37 million people will receive a credit score under their new model alone that are not currently captured by a FICA score. About 10.7 million will have a score of 620 or above, the minimum score for a mortgage that can be sold to Fannie and Freddie. Under the new credit model, people will be able to improve their scores by engaging in activities that don't have anything to do with capital ownership or credit history. Hmm. What will they be scored on, I wonder? Couple of things here. Stu, why does everybody that, you know, lived through 2008 know the names Fannie and Freddie? They're central to the mortgage meltdown. Oh, they were. Why? How? They, I mean, partially because they were giving out mortgages to people who didn't traditionally qualify for them right like, and they were backed up because the banks were told you better do this stuff you better right. get we need to get home ownership rates up right we need to show we need to have higher rates of diversity among homeowners mm-hmm. so they gave it to people who uh, may be great people but maybe didn't have the credit scores or the resources or the finances to actually pay them back they were risky oh. mortgages they bundled them all together they created all sorts of uh, collateralized, collateralized debt uh, obligations on top of them and, and the whole house of cards. That's amazing. So now 37 million Americans are going to be have the door open and at least 10 million, almost 11 million will have the score that now is above. They can't afford a house now. But when they improve their scores by engaging in activities that don't have anything to do with capital ownership or credit history, they can have a higher score so they can buy that house. Oh, that's so they're great. not going to have they're not going to become more credit worthy. They're just going to become better people, better people like they love the environment better more than another blend person who might have a higher yes. credit score. But we'll give them yes. the mortgage because they love, you know, right. clouds and the mm-hmm. sky and trees, mm-hmm. clean air. They'll be able to sell mortgage now to mortgages to people, including many who are probably unqualified banks and mortgage companies will be able to do that. And then immediately sell those to Fannie and Freddie Mac, unloading the liabilities on the back of the banks and instead shoving it right to the taxpayers back. Banks and mortgage companies will make truckloads of cash without really any risk. Almost as importantly, those companies participating in the program are also going to receive a boost in their ESG score. Because they are now helping improve racial equity. 
So person A shows what a great citizen they are. Mm -hmm. And then group B gives them a better rate, which shows them what a great citizen they are. Right. And then since group, since person A is doing business with group B, that probably raises their ESG score again. Yes. And then group (laughs) B or A, the bank, can sell it. To you. Yeah. And now it's and on now it's your on, back. And now, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I probably get a boost in my ESG score just for taking on that terrible debt that shouldn't right. be anywhere other, uh, that should have never existed in the first place. This is, you know, this sort of circuitous idea that you can con- continually, I mean, th- you know, this is uh, Schrute Bucks. You know, Dwight Schrute comes into the office one day and yep. he's got his be- he's got you know, his own currency at his beet farm and everyone's like, ah, that's all work. Just keep spending shrewd bucks on it. Well, that's not... The, the, the economy does not work on shrewd bucks. No. no. This is going to make the housing market more unstable. It will distort the market. It's going to cause another 2008 collapse. Um, you know, remember, though, the people who are pushing ESG want you to own nothing and be happy. So let's think this through. What happens when you add 10.7 million people to the housing market without increasing the supply of homes? More money in the market chasing fewer homes. That means inflation, the price of housing, will go up a ton. And who owns a lot of the single-family homes these days? Oh, Hedge funds like BlackRock, they're going to make out huge from this. And they aren't worried about competing with those folks who are entering the marketplace. They don't even have enough credit to have a credit history. Never mind win bidding wars with, you know, BlackRock or other Wall Street firms. Here's the thing. Biden has bragged that this will make the market more inclusive and that industry stakeholders support the moves. This is great. Now, I want you to know this important part. This is not coming from me. Vantage Score is selling their credit uh, model by making the promise. I want you to go to VantageScore.com slash capital dash markets slash ESG. I'll tweet this out. But you go there and you will see creating social value through ESG, quoting their website. Vantage credit scores are often used by capital markets participants in both the consumer lending asset backed securities market and the residential mortgage backed security market. Um, You're going to have leverage and the best in class accuracy. It will include the underserved. It will demonstrate a commitment to ESG and some of the benefits, the key benefits, most predictive, best in class model. Credit scores are going to be updated in real time, allowing for rigorous surveillance processes. Oh, so I watched the episode of The Black Mirror. Where your credit score is updated in real time, and it was a vigorous surveillance process. Sure was. That's on their website. 
Anyone who tells you this is a conspiracy, it's not going to happen. It's not going to reach down to you. It just has. Yeah, well, and it's already been. I mean, aren't they in billions of dollars here? I mean, how much? What are the levels of usage uh, in this already? Yeah, are, let me uh, see if I can find that. It is it's not it, day one of this no, program. No, no, they're no. bragging about billions and billions and billions of dollars being utilized already through this program. Yeah, they, it was like uh, eight point seven. Um, here it is. Uh, Vantage scores used from March twenty twenty one to February twenty twenty two fourteen point five billion. Vantage scores provided by consumer websites, 4.8 billion. Vantage scores used by credit card issuers, 3.7 billion. So they are already using this. It's at Chase, Lending Tree, it's at American Express, Capital One, um, Credit Karma, all of it. All of it is being used right now. And they've been telling you that it's just a conspiracy theory. I urge you to go to VantageScore.com and just uh, peek around. Look for their credit scores. Oh, it's so great. You can do other things to qualify for a mortgage. Gee, I wonder what those other things are. Look, you have to do your own homework on everything. And right now, the folks over at Goldline want you to do the same. You should be giving them a call this week. Also, going to their website at goldline.com and checking out their notable weekly news vault. This week, you're going to find a great piece from Elliott Management, which manages over $50 billion in assets, warning that a looming hyperinflation event could lead to global societal collapse. Oh. Oh, but that's only from Elliott Management, you know, $50 billion in assets. That's all they're saying is global societal collapse. This piece is not being talked about. Um, you know, it's flying under the radar with the mainstream media. Goldline has it right now and a lot of other extremely important news on their website for you to search. I asked them a while ago. I said, look, you guys really... You, you provide such great services, but you should help people like me stay informed on what is happening. If history is an indicator, hyperinflation leads to such a huge increase in the price of pet precious metals such as gold and silver and other commodities. So get it while the getting is good. Goldline is offering a whole pile of free copper with every order. Have you tried to buy copper lately? The more you buy, the more you receive for free. Call Goldline today. Find out how to qualify for free copper with every order delivered right to your front door. That's 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. I guess you will. Welcome to the... Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. All right. Uh, I want to talk to you about something very seriously. Very, very, it's huge. Today may be the day that Donald Trump uh, signs up and says, I'm, I'm in the race. He tweeted early this morning that uh, today is hopefully going to be remembered as one of the great days in America. Um, 
So I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I think he's running, and today might be the day. Today is a very important day in America, however, because today and tomorrow are really the last shot of us getting rid of Mitch McConnell as majority leader. It's a big one. It's a really big one. We, we don't save our country with Mitch McConnell uh, in charge. And I want you to call your senators, no matter who they are, if they're Republican, you, you call them and say, who are you voting for? Now, they're going to say, I don't know. You just say, well, we'll call tomorrow because you have to make the decision tomorrow. And if they won't give you an answer, you tell them that you're going to re- you're going to mark that down as a cast uh, vote for Mitch McConnell, because why would you not tell me why? You're not telling me who you're going to vote for because you're going to vote for Mitch McConnell. And I will remember that at your next election. Uh, Deb Fisher, Roger Wicker, Rick Scott, Ted Cruz. Those two are pretty safe. Mike Braun, Josh Hawley, uh, John Barrasso, Marsha Blackburn needs to be called. Here's the number for the Capitol switchboard. It's 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. You can go online and find their direct lines if you want. But call them today get everyone you know today and tomorrow you've got to shut down the uh, capital switchboard for all of the senate calls that are coming in you have to send a strong strong message enough enough of turtle man the glenn back program